Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence again this evening. Father, this is the evening before the Super Bowl in the United States. And Lord, this is a timing where you said that the collapse is going to come suddenly in America. And Lord, we could see the beginning of that with the Super Bowl at this time. It's possible. I don't know exactly when you're going to do it, but there's a lot of signs to this. And maybe they created this on purpose. But Lord, Satan has to do the ways of his works in the same way that you do your works. So he has to use numbers because you do all things by testimony of numbers. And you do all things by your words, and he's doing all things by his words. And Lord, his words are deceitful and yours are open and clear. And Lord, you speak truth. He speaks lies. He speaks deception. And Lord, he speaks in a psychological way to mislead and misguide the people like he did Eve. And then she misguided Adam. Dear Lord, we pray that the people... And he puts a spirit upon them, Lord, that causes them to desire the things that he puts in front of them. And Lord, we in America love sports. We've been trained to this. The whole world loves sports. It's not football or cricket or whatever sport it is in the world. They've made sports a big thing. You call it like the Nicolaitans because in a place of that name in Greece, their Lord and Nicolaitans, um, Herod built for Nero a stadium where he could show off his great athletic skill with the chariot and so forth and his strength. And that be kind of began all this. And Herod was a, an Edomite. He was not uh, of the Jewish people and by law should never have been king. But anyway, my point on all that is, dear Lord, at this time, there's many things. And I just want to touch on this quickly because I have something important I'd like to speak on from the book of a Exodus. Lord, the thing is that they've shown many times of a bombing, their Lord, in movies. And Satan uses movies to foretell a lot of things that he's doing. He does it because he has to reveal to the people what he's doing, even though he can do it by misleading them or misguiding them in facts. But Lord, one of the things they've done is they've made, as I learned today, a movie where they showed a a bombed out Super Bowl stadium and it said Super Bowl 51 and this is Super Bowl 51. And interesting with the number 51, dear Lord, is it's the, a number for the new beginning because it's after the 50th year, the first year, the next 50. And Lord, it's also the gematria of the first word where man is explained in Genesis 2.5 where it says man or it's the same as Adam. Adam is man. And uh, that word there is in Genesis 2, 5, has a gematria, the way it's spelt, of 51. And dear Lord, in numbers, many other coincidences, but Lord, it's also in, used in, uh, it means fall, for example, and Lord, there's a, it's used in Jeremiah 23, which is a chapter that's dedicated to rebuke of your people of this day, dear Lord, for not hearing and of the shepherds for not teaching. Lord, it's a terrible chapter about what you're going to do. And you said a great whirlwind will fall on your people and the world fall there. It's Jeremiah 51. Lord, also, you use it even in Jeremiah 23, 23. And Lord, all those are warning us of this time. 
And Lord, we know it's this time. We're in the winter. We don't know that this is what they're going to do tomorrow. But Lord, it's very possible that, you know, because psychologically they're saying, oh, we tried to stop the immigrants. But at the same time, they, you know, they issue a judge, allow them to come in. And they were already here and anything that they're doing has been planted a long time ago. So, Lord, this is all deception and all the nations working together, even our leaders are working with the world leaders to bring about this chaos, as I've testified from firsthand knowledge. Lord, I pray that people begin to hear this and understand it. Lord, also, you even showed that in the movie Independence Day, dear Lord, they they showed uh, that our government nuked the city of New uh, Houston in their attempt, of course, to explode an alien craft. And this whole alien thing is as big a lie as the Order of the Garter with the dragon that it slays. When the dragon comes miraculously back to life and becomes the protector of the of the night. Lord, this is these alien craft is impossible because, Lord, you control all the heavens. And, dear Lord, there's no aliens out there. There was only Satan's demons. They've been and himself, and they were cast out of the earth uh, uh, in 2003. They're not coming up out of the earth. Yeah, they can climb down into the earth. Dear Lord, because we've made the tunnels. They've shown us how to make the tunnels and so forth. And they made the tunnels and were there. But dear Lord, this is this is what Satan's dominion was there and he had to come down here at that time. So yeah, they're with these people because they have the underground cities that I've told about to the people. But dear Lord, I also told them that I have learned that they planted bombs the mouth of the Mississippi and so forth. Dear Lord, this is our own government doing these things and deception just like it was at 9-11 where they knew all about it. Buffett was in on it. He took leaders from there for a golfing tournament at an Air Force base. I mean, it was just, the evidence is too overwhelming for them to be innocent. And Lord, I know how he works to bring forth the Muslim Brotherhood with this uh, person, Mansoor and so on. And Lord, I've testified of all these in the past. So I'm just warning the people, Lord, that tomorrow could be something they do to create the beginning of the economic collapse that's already been started. I mean, people don't know the truth of the economy and so forth. They have no idea what the real facts are. I've tried to explain it, but it's difficult for people to understand. But the point is, when this happens, they will begin to understand. As Lord, you said that this is going to be like it was in the time of the Exodus, only far greater. They won't even remember and talk about, well, they remember, but they won't talk about the time of the Exodus. They're going to talk about what you do at this time. There's a time of troubles, like you said, Lord, the times that you troubled Egypt, there's nothing like what you're going to trouble the earth with at this time. Lord, I would like to point out in Exodus 9, you say something very interesting. And what I'm trying to point out is that the way the plagues was done in the way of the spirits of God, the way of your spirits. And Lord, the way the spirits work, when there was 10 plagues, of course. And also the 11th item, which is like a plague, dear Lord, you, you when you killed them in the sea, the, destroyed the whole army in the sea. And the number 11 means hid. And you hid them in the sea. Lord, you, you, you covered them by water. They're washed by the water of your word. Dear Lord, it's like that because the number 11 is symbolic of the fourth spirit of counsel 
under the words of wisdom. Because the way that work, the, the month works, for example, if you count the days of the month and you go into the month, there are four weeks in every month in your calendar. Dear Lord, the calendars we follow today are not what's calendars provided in the Bible. But dear Lord, we've made it known and shown the calendar to people and there are other people have discovered this, uh, you know, and it's recorded that uh, the Sanhedrin changed the calendar in 350 AD, the last Sanhedrin. And the ones they have now should not be considered a Sanhedrin because, dear Lord, if, if, if we follow what's going on in Israel, they're bringing forth a Noahide covenant. You can see this, dear Lord, a, a morality law system that they're trying to base. And these people know this. They should account for this and tell the truth to the people what they're doing. But dear Lord, you're going to cause them to soon. I want to show something in the seventh plague. And we'll talk briefly about also the 8th, ninth, and 10th plagues, because those are important. The first seven plagues are easy. They are done in the way of the seven spirits of God. And I'm going to highlight the seventh one, because it truly reflects the work of the seventh spirit. And then I'm going to highlight the 8th and ninth and 10th plagues quickly, so that we can see and understand the way that you do the spirits. And I'm just trying to do this so that we can understand the way of the spirits because you do all things the same way. You never change your ways. So you do all things in the ways of the spirits and you repeat them. And dear Lord, you show us the seven spirits in Isaiah 11 too. And Lord, you tell, and I've shown this many times, dear Lord, many writings and many uh, audios and so forth. But when the first week, it's very simple. The, the first spirit is separating from the world or called out of the world. The second spirit is um, to get us to understand the words of wisdom. Third spirit is to see that we have to get understanding in, of, the, of the words and the works and the ways of the promises of God. And then the third spirit, our fourth spirit is your counsel. You give us instruction of what to do in the work of building the kingdom for the glory of God. And the fifth one is the might of God explains how you know the spirit makes known things to us and we are able to enable the spirit to do good works and uh, also in the uh, sixth one is the spirit of knowledge and it's on how to how to operate in dominion in other words how to take dominion over things and then the the um, the next one of course uh, the seventh one is the summation of the first works and you told them in um, Exodus 7, you told the people, uh, you told Moses, Lord, when you were sending him there, very clearly you, you told him that you were sending them there. Uh, let me read it uh, for the people so they can understand it. I'm trying to scroll up here to get it. It's in Exodus 7, 1 to 5. Um, I'll read through verse 6. It said here, um, so the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you as God to Pharaoh and Aaron, your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all I command you. And it's because he asked for help. And it says, and Aaron, your brother shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. See, he had a speech impediment. And so he wanted Aaron to come along so he could speak well. But the problem he wasn't doing there and shouldn't have done or God allowed it to be done this way. But in reality, is it doesn't matter what your speech is. God can make the words known. He can make a rock talk. 
You can make a donkey talk. So you have no problem getting, when God is wanting to speak through you, he'll enable you to speak. And that's important for us to remember because it's also great because if he's sending us out to do the harvest, there's many people with speech issues and many people that cannot speak, but God can enable them to speak in this day because it's time for the harvest. And if he sends us to do the harvest, it means he's going to allow you to speak. So he'll allow you. Uh, I believe that he'll allow the people. Maybe he wants somebody to, to go forth to speak in sign language. I don't know. But in normal case, I would expect the Lord to heal the people allow them to speak clearly. I'd said, uh, and Aaron, your brother, shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. And Aaron, your brother, shall tell the Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not heed you so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people and the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel among them, from among them. Now, I'm going to show you that by the end of the seventh, um, seventh plague, he had accomplished the work of causing the people of Egypt to know he is God. And that he's, he's to go out and then know that they have sinned. That's very important for us to understand. Because they don't know that right now. They're, they worship gods. They don't know this God. So they, they don't know him at all. But by the seventh uh, plague, they will know him. I'll show you why. It, it's saying here, what, what's, what's important here to understand, he says to us that everybody has free will. And when he says he's going to harden the heart, I've explained last night, that means he's pulling back. In other words, he pulls back his spirit. The Lord is always after everybody because he's always seeking all people to come to the knowledge of truth until it's to the point where you know judgment has come upon them. And when they've had all seven spirits come upon them, the spirit of God starts pulling back from them and fear takes its place. And their own desire takes place. Because our hearts are hardened always. We have a hard heart. We're, we're an evil heart. He says, all men are this way. And we have not allowed the Lord to circumcise our heart by his words, because that's the only thing that overcomes darkness. The light. And it's the entrance of his words that gives light. If the words are the spirit, because his words only come with the full measure of the spirit. When, when the words are pulled back from us, when there's a famine of the word, then that spirit of evil takes over. The spirit, it's our normal spirit. And we should have that pull back. We, we've got a, a spirit that's chasing after the world. And we don't see it today. We think we're doing well, but we ignore the Statue of Liberty. We ignore the Statue of Jupiter at the Capitol building. We ignore the obelisk. We ignore the, the God of Sirius on top of the Chicago mercantile trade. All those are cursing everything we do. We're living, allowing curses everywhere in our nation. We allow tattoos. We allow them to, to promote homosexuality. We do all these things. And yet the churches do not, because their leaders are serving the crown, trust, not God. What has happened is they will not gather together. They will not have a leader that unites the people to bring forth the words of God so that they can overcome all these things. Because God's power, we're in the day of the Lord. That's a day when he takes over. 
We're coming to the time he's taken down the beast kingdom. Babylon has already fallen by the command of God. You have authority to overcome the world at this time. But nobody's stepping forward to follow God. They're waiting on God when he's already given the authority, but they're not listening. And they're not doing what he instructed them to do to have authority to overcome the world. So we're just being allowed to, like lambs going to the slaughter. We're among the goat herds, and the goat herds do what? When the goat herds have the word pulled back from them, they turned into marauders. That's why you have ISIS killing people. They're doing this, chopping off heads. They keep talking about this. That's the devil. When our leaders start putting that word out there in the air, what they're doing is they're allowing that thought to be put into people. And because when God pulls his spirit back, that spirit's going to be in the people. They're going to do this to each other. The the crown trust knows what they're doing. They're serving the devil. And they're allowing these thoughts and these processes that should never be spoken by a leader of a nation. It should never be spoken. What it should be spoken of is that we are going to bring forth the word of God and overcome all these things. Well, we're not doing that. We're going to make a nation great again. No, you're not. You can't do that. Not in the kingdom of God when he's destroying the nations to bring them down so that he can glorify his name, as he says in Ezekiel 38. So we must understand that. We must come out this time. We must change what we're doing. Okay. When he pulls back, the devil rises. That's hardening the heart. God, the hearts are hardened simply by the removal of the light. When the light removes, what happens? Darkness takes over. That's hardening. So God is not changing their free will. He's given them their own will because he knows that's their real desire. And it comes out when the, and when the opportunity, when the spirit quits pulling on them to do good and to hear truth. Instead, it backs up and the devil speaks and that hardens the heart because the devil is nothing but a hard heart. Okay, I think that helps you with that part. Now, let's go talk to on uh, Exodus 9. It's a very interesting situation. When you get down to the seventh plague, note that, note that the sixth plague, by the way, is boils all over the body. <laughs> Let me, maybe back up here. You, you see that the um, fifth plague, which is the might of God, is on the cattle. You see that? It's it's on the cattle. Uh, it said be on your cattle, in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the oxen, on the sheep. A severe pestilence. Why is that true in the fifth spirit? Because in this fifth spirit, that is when God is talking about his spirit works upon the people. That's what he's talking about, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, the fish of the words. And uh, symbolic of the words in this, and the spirit is the, the uh, birds in the air. And what are we to take dominion over? We're to take dominion over the cattle and so forth to bring forth the works that are in the earth that are already pre-planted there. It's the hoofbeats and so forth that these animals that stir the earth so that it replenishes and brings forth the generations. But we don't understand that. That's why it's called the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? It's the plan of the generations in uh, Genesis 2.4. So that's what it accumulates in. So what we have here is in the fifth one, the spirit, because they haven't heard the word and haven't listened to God, he's going to destroy their cattle, which brings forth their generations, brings forth their good works. In other words, the things prepared for them. So that's the fifth one. He takes away their might. The might is the things God has prepared for us to help us along the way. And the sixth plague is the boils. 
which is the it's the blessing that he gave to us to have the ability to understand and do the things like know how to take dominion over the earth to bring forth the good works. So he takes the, that knowledge, the flesh. What is the flesh? The boils on the body is symbolic of the flesh. The flesh is what? You have our fingerprints. You have our eyes. You have all that. That's the authority that you yourself have been given by God. Your face, your hand, your arms. That is your authority to do the works of the knowledge of God to bring forth the kingdom of God. So he gave him the boils. In the seventh plague, he's going to do something really special. He's going to pour out on them the rain. He's going to pour out on them the hail. And the hail has, the hailstones have fire in them. It's ice with fire in it. Ice is correction. Fire is the word of God. And what it's telling you here is an amazing thing. It says that the... Uh, let me let me read what it's going to say because the seventh spirit, remember, is a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of fear means you remember all these works of God, and you remember how to do them. If you don't do that, you should fear God because you're going to get in trouble. And what that, that is what the Lord is saying here: you're going to get into the punishment if you've done that and ignored God's ways. You will not enter the millennium. Everybody that's evil will not enter the millennium. That's what, that's going to be ended at the end of this. Uh, at the end of the bold judgments, they'll be ended. And then the millennial will be, but nothing but good people go into the millennium. None of these evil or wicked ones. There will be no Canaanite on the land uh, in those days. Okay, Exodus nine thirteen to 21. Let me read this. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him. Now notice he's saying, Be in there in the morning, because in the morning he manifests his word. He says, let my people, manifest means he plants that word in, in, in the ground. It's there. Um, he says, let my people go that they may serve me. For at this time, I will send all my plagues to your very heart and on your servants and on your people that you may know there is none like me in all the earth. What did he just say? All my plagues. In other words, I'm going to cause them to remember all my plagues that I've given so far. And I'm going to do it with a, another plague. But it's the seventh plague, which which accumulates and accounts for all the previous plagues. So they're going to get all my plagues are going to be in your heart. You're going to remember them. I'm going to cause you to remember every, every the sixth plague and this one. He says, now, if I had stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from the earth. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, that my name may be declared in all the earth. See, he knew this man's heart. He knew what the desire of this man was. So he raised him up and allowed him to become Pharaoh. He could have killed him at any time with pestilence and stopped him from getting to that position. And stopped his people from getting to where they are as the biggest nation in their worth at that time. Most powerful. And, you know, they were conquering all kinds of nations at the time of this, uh, of these plagues. And remember, he had raised them up from the time of Joseph. They didn't become rich until the time of Joseph when, and with, the, with the famine and, and what he gave them, the ability to, to feed all the people. In other words, the people had to come and buy the, the grain from them and made him extremely wealthy and powerful because he, he took lands. He took payment, you know, more than just monies, you can understand. 
took assets. Okay, it goes on. It says, but indeed for this purpose I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name, my word, because this name is the word of God. Revelation 19, 11 and 13, that's the name we don't know. All the works that he does are done by the word of God. So the, the name, no matter what work it is, is known as the word because it's always the word. That's why we could say there's words or we could say there is the word because the word is all these words enable his good works. And, and the 153 words, they enable his good works, but he calls them in summation as the word or the truth. And he says, um, and as yet you exalt yourself against my people and that you will not let them go. See, he's telling you, even with all the pouring out and even with the pulling of the spirit upon them, even with the pulling of the spirit, and he's going to do it in a mighty way this time. He's going to do it with the hail and so forth. What is ice? Ice is like a cold water. It's correction. It's a spirit of correction. He's going to pour that out on him. And he's telling him, even though I'm going to do this for you, I'm, I'm going to cause you to have ice that has fire in it, which is the word of God. It's burning, ready to cause you to turn if you will turn. But your heart is so hardened, you're not going to turn. Even though I give you hailstones. Even though I give you abundance of rain. And remember that he'd said, I will not kill all flesh with the flood again. So when he does this, when he's pouring out the flood and he's pouring out the, the ice, he's doing it for the purpose of correction because if they would remember what he had said way back in the days of Noah, because they're all generations of Noah, but they would not hear. So they're, they're hardened. They're, they're like Nimrod and so forth, the mighty warrior before the God. That's what they want to be, is a God. This guy is, you know, the Pharaoh's wanting to be a God. Considers himself as a God, entitled like a God. Said, behold, tomorrow about this time, I will cause very heavy hail to rain down, such as not been in Egypt since its founding until now. Therefore, send now and gather your livestock and all that you have in the field, for the hail shall come down on every man and every animal which is found in the field and is not brought home, and they shall die. He who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of the Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock flee to the houses. Because he's telling them in the morning, I'm going to do this. I'm going to cause my word to be made known. But he who did not regard the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field. And the servants and the livestock in the field would have died. Then uh, the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven that there be, may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on man, on beast, and on every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. Now, also remember the herb of the field is for the service of man. Herbs are for the service of man. That's their purpose that God created them for. Now, what he's saying here. Reach out your hand. Stretch out your towards heaven. What he's talking about when he reaches out his hand toward heaven, that's the authority. Your fingerprint is given that authority, and God had given him the authority, and by him the Lord had caused, used him to bring forth these plagues previously. So he has the authority to remember all those works. That's what is done. Your bone remembers the works he's done. And God said, I'm going to cause you to remember all these things I've declared, I've done to you, the plagues that I've done. So he's using his hand under that regard. 
You need to remember these things because you can utilize the way of the seven spirits to do good works. And when you think it out, you'll come to times when you need to know these things to be able to speak it forth, to bring forth the good work for God. Because there's going to be silence in heaven. He's going to want us to know the words so that we can do the way of them. And like Paul says in Hebrews 10, 24 to 36, or 30, yeah, uh, 31, we're to gather together and stir up love and good works in these days. Because God has provided the knowledge and the people need to have meetings and they won't even allow a church has not even opened the doors to begin discussing the words and understanding the knowledge of them so they can stir them up. And total disobedience to Paul's teachings is what they're doing. They're not gathering together and stirring up love and good works. Jesus said, you don't love me if you will not hear my words. So they don't love God. They're not stirring up love. They're stirring up not in the way of the pure language of God, not in the way of God. Why do you think God says you do not love me? And yet we say, oh, we love you. You know, we, we love you. We love you in the way of the earthly languages. We don't love you in the way of the kingdom of heaven where we listen to your words and discern your words and seek to enable the good works of the Father through the knowledge of your words. We do it, oh, we got a ministry. We got an anointing to, to heal people. You need to read Matthew seven twenty one to 23. Many of those people are going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? And he said, depart from me, your work is lawlessness. Because his law is said in um, Psalms 119, 142 is truth. And in Psalms 119, 160, he tells you his truth is his words. He tells you in Psalms 33, 4, that all his works are done in truth. And he tells us in Psalms 119, 130, that the entrance of his words gives light and gives understanding to the simple. You won't understand what to do in the time of trouble because you haven't been taught the words. Knowledge of truth is not being taught in any church. They don't even know what it is. Please understand this. He says, stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt on man, on beast, and on every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched out his rod toward heaven. See, it doesn't matter. See what he's saying with the rod. He used the rod because God's going to rule over the earth with, with a rod of iron at this time. It's symbolic of calling forth. Remember that the, the uh, walls of the firmament are uh, uh, described in Job. Um, it says that they're like a cast iron mirror. Cast iron. It's a, like a magnetic pull. And when you have the authority of God to do this and you hold up the rod... The rod, the wood rod, doesn't matter what the rod is. I'm telling you, it's it's a it, the, the Lord said He's going to rule with a rod of iron. When you're ruling with a rod of wood, it's a staff of what is it honoring? It's honoring the shepherd. So not only was He holding up His hand with the with the with the the staff in it, His rod. Remember what it says in Ecclesiastes twelve one: the goads are the words of the one shepherd. So he's asking in the way of that. In other words, the, the Lord, the shepherd, told him to do this as a goad to cause these people to be corrected and brought into correction. So when he pulls that rod up and staff up and holds it up, it's wise. And he holds it up to the heavens where the words are given. The words are put into the heavens uh, and on day four, as you can see in, in, in a creation account. Let there be lights. Let there be words. Entrance of his words gives light. Okay, uh, it says, Moses stretched out his rod toward heaven and the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire darted to the ground. 
and the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire, and this is what's happening in the next morning. So the Lord, uh, so there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, so very heavy that there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail struck throughout the, the whole land of Egypt and all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree on the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel was, were, there was no hail. Now, I, I'm going to try to go quickly here now. I just wanted to highlight that point about the seventh spirit. Now I would like to tell you about the second group. Because what happens after the seventh spirit, basically, and I'll summarize it, is that the Pharaoh says, oh, I've sinned. He admits he's sinned, and the people admit he's sinned. And they don't listen. But as soon as the, the hail and that stopped, the Pharaoh just kind of like turned the other way and his heart was hardened. He didn't pay attention to the sin. But see, what happened here is very interesting. God is telling them during the hail, during the plague, he's going to cause them to remember all his plagues. And they not only remembered it, just like when the, when the Lord stirred the earth and the guys had the, he continued stirring the earth. And while he was doing that, they laid down their, their stones and walked away. That's what the Pharaoh did here as long as the hail and stuff was coming down. But as soon as that stopped, the thunder and that stopped, then what happened? He turned his heart back the other way. He got hardened. It's the same like the people in, in Israel. You know, they, they put their stones down to, uh, against that lady. But then these same people likely, because they're like preachers and so forth, they were coming and were part of crucifying the Lord. I don't know that they were there, but it makes sense that they were there. But it's that attitude that was there. That spirit was there. As soon as the spirit of the Lord left these people, their evil was great. So you, you see that one. Now, understand that what happens next is uh, the Lord um, goes back. I mean, Moses goes back into him. But now it, it changes. And Pharaoh had just admitted he, he sinned and God is great. So all those people now know it. But also, the interesting thing is, God has pulled back his spirit. And as you'll see in chapters 10 of Exodus, what happens is that these people of Egypt, the leaders, all of a sudden their notions are coming. Not only, you see, when the Pharaoh's heart is hardened, why is it being hardened? It's hardened because the God is pulling back his spirit. And all of a sudden, these people around the Pharaoh start telling the Pharaoh, speaking boldly to the Pharaoh. Don't you see? It's like when he comes in and tells them that there, there's going to be this next plague, the locusts. He tells them about the locusts are going to destroy everything in the crops and the field. They're going to have no provisions. And they believe God. But they also have boldness now because now their own spirit is working. They're protecting themselves. They're wanting what they want as well. And what they're wanting is, hey, get rid of this guy. They're not turning to God. They're like, get these people out of here. They're destroying us. And, and that's what they're telling Pharaoh. Don't you see that the land is destroyed? That's before the locusts even came. But their attitude changed. Because see, we're now back, we're in the second week. Let's say it's, there's 
seven days in the first week of the month, and then there's you take the first three days of the next week when you because you have the ninth plague and tenth plague. Um, excuse me, eighth, ninth, and tenth plague. Seventh plague was the hail and the rain, and the, the um, eighth plague is the locust, and then you have ninth with the darkness. So what are they symbolic of? Eighth is regeneration, as you know, but it's also the first week of the second week of the month. And the first day, excuse me, the first day of the second week of the month. So the first day of the second week of the month is what? That That is the um, the day of the um, um, the the fear of the Lord. In other words, you, you uh, it's the day of the separation of the Lord. You know, it's, it's like it's going to separate light and darkness. So what do these people do? They're 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 seeing that they're going to be destroyed, and they're making that known. They're not turning to God. They're turning to darkness. But now they're bold enough to even tell off their own Pharaoh. The people around him tell him, "What are you doing? Can't you see?" They hadn't talked to him before. They were too afraid of him. But now they're bold. Now you got revolt. Now you got revolt. So the next thing that happens is. You got the seed of revolt being planted there. Then the next thing you have is you have the um, they tell them it's destroyed. They bring Moses back in, and Moses gives them a statement. You know, he, he asked them what Moses Moses the Pharaoh asked him, "What are you going to What are you going to leave?" And he, he says, "I'm going to take everything. I'm going to take my people and so forth, and, and the young, um, and uh, he's going to take the uh, the." The cattle and stuff also. And it's it's very intriguing. It goes on. I can't remember exactly uh, off the top of my head now. Um, the way that the, that he did this. Let me see if I can look at my notes here real quickly. I want to see if I can remember. Um, yeah, he goes into this great debate with with the pharaoh about um, the flocks and. Uh, you know, because the Lord says they have to come out and serve him. Well, it's a very interesting thing that the Lord is putting on Moses to do here. Moses is saying that he has to hold a feast unto the Lord. And he, he describes that they're going to leave and take the cattle and everything with them because they have to have a feast to the Lord. And then the Pharaoh is saying that, no, you can take your people, even your young, but you cannot take the, the cattle and so forth. First, remember, he had told him he couldn't take the young ones. He wanted the children left. And he said, and you know, that was a no-go. And then now he's saying, Moses is saying he's taken everything. Not a hoof will be left behind. Because we have to do a feast unto the Lord. What is a feast? A feast is doing the way of the words for God. If you look at what God considers a feast to be, doing the way of the words of God to bring forth the things that God has prepared so that the, the kingdom of God can be glorified. And that is done. People don't understand. Animals are a part of that. They stir up the earth, the pasture, the land, and so forth. That's why we have desert in like two-thirds of the earth, because we don't do this. And the, the animals stir up that earth and regenerate it. And that's how you prepare and bring forth the things, because the food that we eat is utilized, when we eat it in the way of the words, is utilized to bring knowledge into us. Use, Jesus showed you, use the bread to bring instruction. He tells you this in the scriptures, how he does it, fish and so forth, and salt and all these things are used for good works. The meat and so forth are used for good works, but he's constantly telling us this and we're ignoring it. 
And Moses says, no, I got to take them for a feast to the Lord. Now, he's not going to sacrifice them because the Pharaoh says, no, you can't take them. And Moses says, yes, I got to take them. And additional to that, you got to give me the animals I need for sacrifice. <laughs> so Moses is now getting very bold. Now, they're in the words of wisdom. This is the second week. Second week is focused on the words of wisdom. The third week is understanding. But they haven't got the words yet, the people of Egypt. They believe in the words of God. They believe in the works of God. And Moses is speaking what God is leading him to speak. God is preparing them the way. And if we pay attention, we can see how God is planting what he needs for these people to do to build a kingdom because that's what we're going to be doing. God is going to bring us out of this world, out of these people. Not, we're not going to heaven yet. We've got to bring forth the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. That's our job. We have to do this. We have to accomplish this. And in the process of that, we're going to be purified, made white, and refined in the building process. Because building in God's kingdom is learning and knowledge. So we're going to do it in the way of the words. We're going to do this and then we'll be raptured. But we can't be raptured until, like it says in Daniel 12, 9 and 10, we have to be purified, made white, and refined. Then we'll be able to sing the song of Moses. That he's talking about in Deuteronomy 32. Because we've all learned and we'll be ready to enter the kingdom. Now, what he's doing here is he's telling him, you've got to give me the animals for sacrifice. And we don't know how many that's going to be, so we need a lot. All kinds of animals and so forth for the sacrifice. You've got to provide them. So now Moses is getting very bold and, and the Pharaoh's not going to be able to do anything about it. He, what's he going to do? He no, he no longer, he knows that his people will not believe him if he's put something harder on the on Moses and these people because as the Bible says there, Moses had become very great. It's like they didn't want to attack John the Baptist, the, the rabbis, because the people believed in him. The people of Egypt believed in Moses, that he was speaking to the God, and they had recognized their sins. So even though they wanted their own thing, they wanted most of all to get these people away because this God was too powerful for them. And they didn't understand. Some left. Remember that some people left with the people of Israel. They understood this God. They saw it. So what happened here now is you have the eighth generation where this is being done. And he still hardens his heart. And then he does the darkness. And I've told you like the darkness the other night. They couldn't move three days. That's the words of wisdom. The first one, the eighth, is in the second week. You're doing the ways of the words of wisdom, but now you're doing the separation of light and darkness. You're showing them the difference. He's going to take out of Egypt the animals needed for the sacrifice. He's separating light and darkness. There's two different ways they're going about this. The way the Pharaoh wants to do it, and the way Moses is, the Lord is instructing Moses how to come out, to be able to do all the works that will bring forth the words of wisdom and so forth. And then he gets to the darkness. The darkness of wisdom is, the words of wisdom is the end of time, the end of the, the, the punishments of man is that they will go into the pits of God where they will not be able to move. There was, there was saying there was darkness three days and then there was where they couldn't even move. They, they didn't move out of their chair. They couldn't move to make a movement. That is the thick darkness of being like in the prison of God. That's the fear of God and he's restricting their hands. They didn't have the ability to move. In all that time, three days. And then after that, they were moved. And by that time, the people were ready to give anything to get these people to go. And the Pharaoh was still hardened. 
And then he did the way of the firstborn, killing them. And that is the way of the third spirit, understanding. Because in the understanding, you provide the fruit, then the generational tree, the tree, the young herb, the tender herb to grow. And we are considered to be tender herbs. We are the, the generations that continue and continue and continue. We plant those generations. And he took away their firstborn. And why did the firstborn? Because they would not separate themselves from light and darkness. It's the job of the firstborn to receive the words and teach them to the others. And they rejected the words of God. And God says in Hosea 4, 6, if you reject my knowledge, I reject your children. It's going to be more complete in this day. And that day, he wasn't done with Egypt yet. He's going to cause them to repent in this day. They're going to remember all those things of the past. And there will be Egyptians that turn. They'll turn from those gods. They'll understand what they've done to them all this time. Well, I hope this has been helpful at all. Uh, you begin to get a feeling of how the spirits work a little bit better by the example of the, of the Exodus. The plagues of Exodus. Remember that what has happened before is going to happen again and God is doing these things in the way of the Spirit. And we, we should see this and understand the way he's turning these people and the way they're going to be used because he told them that these things are coming. The hailstones are coming. And the hailstones are going to let them know their sins. That's what it does. It makes them know their sins. It's going to kill the people out in the field, in the cities that will not turn to him. The people who come against his people they had better flee because if they don't flee before those hailstones come, like he says, they'll be killed in the field. Ezekiel 38. You need to understand that. Same thing is coming. Lord is warning the people. This is the time. Judgment is at hand. I pray you understand and you'll seek the Lord at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> 